Welcome back, Mighty Vandals, to Tubbs at the Club, your University of Idaho affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brian Marceau, joined today a consecutive, two consecutive weeks with a change-up, guys. First, always producing, always seducing in Moscow, Martin Heemstra. Martin, how's it going, dude? It's going great. Wish Moscow didn't snow this past weekend. I want the snow to be gone out of the area. But uh, spring football finally went to my first spring ball practice last Saturday, and it's nice to have football back for albeit a cut just a couple weeks. Now you you say snow, but I don't know what you're talking about. This show is coming in hot and heavy. Last I heard, because uh, we're joined by Trevin Trevin Pixley, aka Treb, aka always on the hashtag Right Track. He's here himself, Trevin Treb from now on, joining us from Lewiston. How's it going, man? I don't think I've ever gotten a better intro in my entire career. That was very good, Brian. I appreciate that. But it's going great, man. How you doing? Well, we're both – look, our our <laughs> sub bylines, whatever you want to call them, uh, listeners aren't going to see this, but uh, viewers are. I uh, just got to address the, sh- the storyline everyone's here for. So, obviously, Tubbs went wild. Uh, on Trevin when he published an article with a headline he did not write uh, describing Idaho basketball as being on the right track. And then for those paying attention, because Trevin's a good sport, uh, when he published his first article about um, Alex Pribble being Idaho's coach, he also, uh, the right track headline was back. And yes, that was meant for Tubbs listeners to see. But anyway, dude, we're done talking about basketball for now, because the whole point of this episode Trevin's been to about as many spring practices as Jason Eck or, you know, something like that. The number is comparable. And uh, Tre- look, Trevin's here to talk spring football. It's our, sec- our uh, no- second spring football update. So we're just going to jump into Around the Bar, brought to us by Hughes River Expedition. And, um, you know, we're Trevin's a guest. And last time when James was on, it was essentially an interview. But Trevin, he records his own show uh, for the Lewiston Tribune. Uh, let us let listeners know what that show is, where they can find it. Uh, yeah, it's called The Final Whistles, so you can find that anywhere you get podcasts. But uh, you can also find it on the uh, Tribune website as well. Uh, it's me and my sports editor, Don Walden, who right now is actually uh, going through some pneumonia. So he's actually a little sick right now. So thoughts and prayers for Don. Hopefully he gets better. But, uh, yeah, we record our own podcast. We've been talking about uh, some spring football, high school football over there for the area. But, uh, yeah, we've dove in a little bit into spring football, but we haven't really recapped it because we haven't uh, recorded an episode since spring football started. So I'm uh, excited to get into it. And, look, I buried the lead. Trevin goes yeah. to spring practices because he's the beat reporter for University of Idaho football down in the at the Lewiston Tribune. So, Trevin, I'm going to essentially give you the wheel here. You've been to a ton of practices uh, we've got some observations we'll be able to add to, but I want you to take this in the direction you want to take it. Um, you've written some features on the tight ends, mm-hmm. uh, defensive backs, defensive line. That was today on April 5th, correct? The the defensive line feature? Yeah, so I've done the tight ends, linebackers, D-line, and O-line. Now I'm going to do the defensive backs, Um Tuesday or Thursday for Friday. So okay. we're going to be dive into DBs on Thursday. So I'm, I'm going to give you the wheel, but I guess the only framework I want to give you for where to take this is look, everyone's interested in who's standing out, what position groups look like they're, they might be relative strengths. We'll get, we'll get to which ones still need work, but uh, 
I guess this is the only only lens I really want you to use to to kind of narrow the discussion at all is uh, talk about the the Idaho's relative strengths you've seen so far. You know, we'll just go position group by position group initially, but the wheel, Trevin, is officially yours. Yeah, so I'm your right track guide, so I will take you down to the right track. Um, before this started, I kind of broke stuff down. Um, I had an impressive tier, a man tier, and a not much tier for, you know, position groups and players that kind of have impressed me, have kind of been doing what you expect them to do, or guys that just kind of haven't showed up really at all right now. Um, and luckily for Idaho football fans, the impressive tier is loaded. So it, it has a lot of guys on there, maybe some guys that you wouldn't expect on there, even some guys that are, you know, second or third string players. First of all, I want to dive into maybe some more of the obvious ones. Uh, I want to start off with Giovanni McCoy. And, you know, at the beginning of the season, at the end of the season, his deep ball was gorgeous. It's only gotten better. And, you know, he has been able to kind of pick out guys like Jermaine Jackson's speed, you know, knowing that he's a speedster and knowing exactly how fast he is. And he has got that down to almost a science. And he is, his deep ball is looking really, really good. And he's getting bigger, too. I mean, from his frame to his arms. I mean, I think that was kind of the biggest worry heading into this year um, was how much weight Giovanni was going to add in the offseason. And it looks like he's kind of – he's probably gained around, I want to say – I don't want to say 10 pounds. Five to ten seems like too big of a range, but at least five pounds. Um, a noticeable change for Giovanni. And um, he, he's looking good. But uh, the quarterback room as a whole, too, Jack Lane looks good. He's he, he has some zip on the ball. Ridge looks good as well. So, I mean, the whole quarterback room right now. Um, and that's going to be an interesting position group to dissect because, you know, maybe at the end of this year, you know, I, I, I wouldn't think all three of those quarterbacks would be on the roster by the end of this year, Brian. Or, or you mean all five because you, you're right. Yeah, like people, you yeah. brought up there's yeah. three – there's three yeah. dudes who are in spring, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You said just from what you've seen at practice, it looks like the the hierarchy is pretty clear. Uh, Giovanni McCoy one, Jack Lane two, Ridge Dutch call three. Yeah, that's that's where I would put it. Yeah. Okay, uh, but we also have two true freshmen coming in, so that's going to be five quarterbacks where the most experienced is a redshirt sophomore. So no, that's a reasonable story. That's a storyline that we know we're going to be paying attention to. Like the quarterback room itself isn't dramatic because I mean, Eck has been clear in every media appearance he's done since the season ended. Giovanni's the guy. So there isn't a question about starting, but it is interesting to hear. Um, Giovanni's getting a little, little thicker. Is that safe yeah, to say? Thicker. Yeah. As okay. uh, David Lose would say, he's got more junk in the trunk. That's uh, that was one of my favorite, uh, things that I heard in practice from a coach junk in the trunk. Okay. Um, okay. So Giovanni's got junk in, junk in the trunk. Good to hear. You yeah. heard it here first guys. You're on the right track now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right track. Uh, speaking so, of receivers too. Uh, I just want to say before uh, Michael Graves too, looks really good. He's, he's reeling in a lot of passes. As well. So is that Hey, I want to stop you there real quick. So Jason Eck has um, he's been kind of, again, this is another like no brainer. Number one, number two receiver are Hayden Hatton, Jermaine Jackson, the end. The battle, he said, is number three isn't clearly understood at this point. He, yeah. he referenced um, this is in the score the scoreboard podcast or the Vandal scoreboard podcast, which James Aldridge hosted, hosts. Um, he referenced um, Michael Graves 
and Jordan Dwyer as essentially battling it out for number three. Mm-hmm. What have you seen there? Well, you know, it's funny. I, I think that that's kind of the battle right now in the spring. And then Therese, too, is he's still battling. He's coming back, you know. And I think once once he comes back, you know, he's going to be thrown into the mix. But uh, Tommy Hauser as well, I think, is a guy to keep your eye on. He hasn't dropped a single pass all spring practice. Like, he he's catching everything. Uh, Jordan Dwyer, I think right now Michael Graves is here, and Jordan Dwyer is probably right here. And I would put Hauser probably above Jordan Dwyer right now. Can I pause really quick? Just, so for listeners, when you when you made that reference, put your hands together. You're saying Michael oh, Graves yeah. a, Michael Graves a teeny bit ahead of Jordan Dwyer, just based off what you're seeing rep wise and production wise. But Tommy Hauser, sophomore, he's from Post Falls, correct? Yeah, Post Falls guy. Yeah, yeah, that was a guy that James Aldrich referenced as being a bit of a surprise. You're saying that it looks like Hauser is certainly in the mix right now for playing time, uh, and not completely out of question that he would get reps that might be analogous to being number three or four receiver. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, it's one of those things where he's earned it. You know, he was playing, he's playing with the threes and the twos, but like I said, he's just, he's just not dropping anything and he's, he's earning everything that he's gotten right now. And it's really impressive. So once the uh, summertime fall time run rolls around and Therese is coming back, I mean, that's, that's going to be one of the more interesting position battles to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, it, it, the the thing that'll be interesting to me too is how much the receivers are relied on, because uh, yeah. you know, like last year, Idaho certainly rushed more than they passed, but you know, it wasn't like a seventy thirty split or something like that. Idaho still passed a decent amount, but in year two, Avec in year two, Giovanni McCoy, where you know, at the beginning of last season, I think it's safe to say from the beginning to end of last season, the coaching staff showed a lot more trust in McCoy, and. Mm-hmm. You know, later in the season, they were willing to let McCoy win games for them in a way that I don't feel like they tried to have McCoy win games for him like the first two weeks. Uh, the evolution of the passing game cer- certainly is something to look at. And like you brought up, hey, receiving room, it just looks good. Yeah. Well, and uh, going on that same token, uh, on the, you know, the, the groups and the people that haven't impressed me, it's a small list. And I have the rest of the running backs outside of Anthony Woods. Like it, it just it hasn't been really impressive. It hasn't been no one has stood out as the second guy, the third down back, the pass catching back. Like they are missing Eli Cummings in that room. Like see that that's something our eyes in the dome, uh Martin Heemster referenced, which is he said it looked like Anthony Woods is ob- he's the brain dead number one. Yeah. It looked like Nick Romano right now might be in, in the best might be the default number two right now, but that really no one is standing out that much out of the group that's on campus right now. Yeah. I think you said it best when you said the default number two, I don't think they have a true number two guy right now. And it's going to be interesting to see, because I talked to Jason act before uh, spring practice started. And I said, you know, what's kind of your philosophy with the running backs right now um, with the guys you have, um, and he basically said, like, if it comes down to it and Anthony Woods has to be that every down back where he plays, you know, 70, 80 percent of the snaps. And that's just that's just going to have to be the way of the road. And, you know, I I don't like to think Idaho's going to go down that road. But I mean, if they do, it's a good thing that wide receiver room is as talented and they do have a lot of talented tight ends as well. Yeah, the we'll get to tight ends in a second because that's kind of. 
I think practice, if you're in practice, like you've been, there's a little bit of clarity. If you haven't been at practice, tight end room is a blank slate with like three catches returning yeah. from last year. Uh, Want to hit running backs. Just, just last question or two. Mm -hmm. So most of the freshmen, of course, would not yet be on campus for, mm -hmm. okay. And we have a handful of freshmen running backs who are coming in. So in your mind, uh, someone like Deshaun Buchanan, who will be true freshman from uh, Chandler, Arizona, guy like Art Williams or a guy like Carlos Matheny. We obviously don't see those guys yet, but those guys certainly would have to be in theory in the running for playing time based on what you said of the available running backs right now, which is if Nick Romano is the default number two, you're not saying he's necessarily standing out in a way. Yeah. Uh, it's just they're of the people on campus right now, it's Anthony Woods and then some guys. Yeah, it's Anthony Woods and a bunch of 60 overall bronzes right now. Uh, Madden Ultimate Team reference. But, you know, I, I would say that those freshmen have a lot of potential to play this year. I think Buchanan was one of the more interesting offensive prospects that I like to look at. But, I mean, for the guys that are there right now, I mean – they got to be licking their chops and getting ready to go to practice because they have a shot. Okay. So running back room other than Anthony Woods actually is kind of a blank slate, similar yeah. to next group, man, tight ends. Um, got to okay, just want to bring up our observations, want to see what matches and what does not. So obviously Alex Moore is not participating hundred yeah. percent. He you know, blew out his knee six months ago. And even though a huge amount in the sports world has happened, that's not that long ago that the yeah. WSU game took place. Uh, Alex Moore projects, if healthy, to be a pass-catching tight end. Uh, based off what you've seen in practice, my understanding is Chance Bogan right now, he'd be redshirt red freshman from the Seattle area. He had he was previously University of Washington commit, I believe. Yeah. He looks like a potential pass-catching tight end. Um, and then um, Jack Shuster and Jake Cox look like block, more li likely blocking tight ends. Does that match what you've seen, or is it a little bit different? I would say that's pretty spot on. Um, I haven't – I don't know. Maybe I haven't been watching close enough, but I haven't seen a whole lot of chance during team drills. It seems like uh, Jackson Mason and Michael Jaskowski have been getting most of the team reps, so I don't yeah. know if chance has, like, some sort of injury where he can't, you know, go live in team or something like that, but he – from what I see in individual drills, because he does partake in those. Um, he looks good. He's catching the ball. But during team, it's kind of – they've been just throwing, you know, whatever tight end out there. I think they're just trying to get a feel for, you know, who can play, who's going to be here, because they do have a lot of them, and they have a lot of freshman tight ends too. Yeah, well, that's going to be a theme with a lot of position groups with that gigantic freshman signing class Yeah, uh, from this season. But it just so you're saying, um, Jackson Mason, redshirt freshman from Meridian, Idaho, yeah. And you said Mitchell Jaskowiak, or I, I probably butchered that last name. I think it's, yeah, I don't think I said it right either, but yeah, he, I think I've seen them mostly in team for okay, for the most part, you know, the whether they're playing with the ones, twos, threes, you know, I've, I've just seen them kind of coming in and then Cox and Schuster coming in with the two tight if. You know, okay. scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cox and Schuster definitely in, in the two tight end sets. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So now, okay. This this is to me, um, kind of hijacking the wheel for a second. I want to talk offensive line. 
because uh, yes, I think that, I because I really think uh, we have this first time you've been on, so we haven't had this discussion on a recorded show yet. I think the realistically the the question that's going to answer what Idaho becomes in this next season is going to be the development on the offensive line and the defensive line as well. Just because the the look the teams that are dominating the FCS, you know, your Montana States, your South Dakota States. They can bully people in a way that Idaho just wasn't able to do that last year. It's part of why Idaho, just like Jason X said on the Vandal scoreboard, they beat the bad teams. They beat the like okay to pretty good teams, but they're one and three against playoff caliber teams. If Idaho is going to take the next step, they've got to become the kind of team who beats playoff caliber teams. So, with that said, man, offensive line, who are you seeing out there, and how's the how's the progress look so far? The left side looks fine. Uh, you know, and and that and that's kind of, I think the tragic thing about the offensive line is that it has potential to be good, but I think right now it's fine. Like I think Aiden Kanapik is good, and I think that's the one shining piece that they have on the O line. I think Elijah Sanchez has the potential to kind of take a step up. He's playing at the center position, but the left side. Is a little shaky. You got uh, Rainey playing over there at the uh, guard position, the transfer. And uh, Tegan Sessi, I can never say his name right. Tagana, is that how you say it? We're going to go with your pronunciation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tagana Sessi. He's allowed two-plus sacks at every practice I've been to. Okay. And it it's been it's been bad, but they really don't have a better option. It doesn't seem like right now. So that's another room where I think there's a chance that a freshman like um, a Penner from I think he is a Coeur d'Alene Lake City commit um, or commit Lake City graduate. My bad. Um, that I think he could kind of slide in and play that guard position, but. Uh, Sanchez, Kanapik, I think, are the two shining stars. Uh, Rainey's playing fine. But that other guard position, those two guard positions are kind of going to be the the big um, question mark there. And also, uh, Nate Azapardi has been getting some rest with the ones at left yes. guard as well, correct? Yeah, yeah. And he's actually – he's one of the guys that I had um, in my impressive tier because I think he's, he's actually kind of – He's not a guy that I expected to play with the ones this season, but he uh, he's showed up and he's he's earned his reps, I think. So he's played well. Okay, so to make to put a button on O line, try to make it simple. Yeah. Right side, you said looks looks stronger. That that's that's Knappic side. Well, he got he he moved he he got moved to the left side. Okay. My, yeah. Okay. He so he he's been moved he's moved to the left side. Yeah. Okay. Sanchez at center. Yeah. He's been look, he's looking okay. All right. But you take away so far has been, I don't know, like probably a slightly different version of last year. You wouldn't say the offensive line looks like catastrophically terrible or anything, but if you're, it doesn't look great at this point. Well, you know, at the beginning when you said Idaho beats the bad teams and loses to the good teams and those good teams typically have those great defensive lines. Yeah. I, th- I think they're still going to struggle to contain those great defensive lines. Okay. By the way, most teams do, but yeah. that's also the goal for Idaho is to win, win conference championships. I know that uh, Tyler Yelk is of course, dearly departed to Philadelphia now, 
But when I talked to Yelk at the one of the spring signing day events, you know, he he said the whole mantra of the staff was that look, last season was fun, of course. Last season was a ride, but they didn't actually accomplish anything in the coach's mind, as in no playoff win, didn't win the conference championship, didn't get a host a playoff game. So uh, it was, of course, it was, of course, a step up, but relative to what the coaches want, they're not there yet. And if they're, they're going to, team's going to make that next step, obviously, O line is going to be a place for us to continue to watch. Um, other side, though, of course, um, it's, it's hard to gauge how good the offensive line and defensive line are in spring because they're going against each other. And we know that by the time the fall season comes around, uh, particularly on the offensive side, there'll probably be some development that we just don't see in the spring. Yeah. But Defensive line, dude, there's a lot of turnover on that side. One total returning starter, a lot of new names. And some guys who like Abe Christensen, he, I know he's recruited as a D lineman, but he played on the offensive line last year for Idaho. How is the, def- how is the uh, defensive line looking so far? I would say that that was the position group that coming into the spring, I was the most concerned about for the Vandals. But now I'm kind of, it's one of the more exciting position groups for me. Because last year, I mean, you had Fall Nico and Leo Tomba, who were the guys, right? Those were the guys that were getting all the snaps. Kamari Bailey was able to come in, you know, in the rotation and get the five sacks to lead the team. But right now, it seems like they have a lot of guys like Kamari Bailey last year. They have a lot of guys that can get some playing time and rotate in and get some, you know, make some plays for them. There's a lot of different players that are sticking out and – I think the biggest takeaway is is that Kamari Bailey can be a real threat and a real starting defensive end for so Vandals. He's looking like maybe the the singular difference maker. Yeah, he's he's the guy on the D line. Okay, another guy you wrote about this week, and I was honestly stoked to hear that this is a guy you're writing about because of how he's playing, uh, Jakari Larman. Yes, transfer. He's- yeah, he's a transfer from Lincoln University, junior. He's uh, listed at 6'3", 330. So he's some of that size that Idaho more or less lacked for virtually all of last season. What kind of impression ha- has Larman been making so far? He He's yeah, big boy, exactly. He's, he's thick. I mean, he you look at it, too. Idaho didn't have a lot of size last year. They still ranked third in run defense. Now they, they got a 330-pounder in the middle, and that is going to be a huge addition. Plus, he's he's a great big ball of energy. I mean, he, he makes one play in practice, and, I mean, the whole defense is hyped up. You know, the whole sidelines is hyped up. I mean, he looks like he's going to be kind of that emotional leader that that defensive line needs. I mean, Kamari Bailey looks like, you know, he's taken on kind of the – the locker room leader, but the on the field leader, uh, it looks like Lawman right now. And he, he is going to be a big addition to the middle and all these D tackles really are. I mean, they, I wrote about it in the story too. The average weight of the guys inside increased by 10 or 12 pounds. And obviously Larman helps that out a lot, but they, they are some big boys inside. Okay, other guys that um, that we know are getting some time to the ones. Sam Brown from Spokane is getting some of the some of the reps of the ones on the other side, on the other edge. How's how's Sam Brown? Honestly, well, again, you, you wrote about this. Let's talk. Just talk about the other side of the edge for a second. How is uh, the Sam Brown and who's who's the dude he's been splitting the reps with? Uh, that would be Sam Brown 
And let's see. But Sam Brown, he's more of the run defender. So okay. you got Kamari Bailey on the edge. He's he's rushing the passer. Sam Brown, obviously, he played on the inside last year. So he's going to kind of stretch out the run plays and and make sure that they, uh, they're they not going to be making, you know, much. Uh, Zach, uh, for, I can't say his last name either. Krotzer? Krotzer, yeah, there you go. Zach Krotzer. He's playing on the inside. So you got those, you got yeah. those guys. Both playing. Spokane dudes. Crotzer yeah. from Shadow Park. Mm-hmm. So you got you got two Spokane dudes. Um you got a guy from UK. I mean they're they're all they're all looking good. It's it's a it's a solid group, but you look at that group of four, right, on paper, and you think that's not really that great of a group of four, but then you got like Malachi Williams coming off the bench. I mean that you got you got other guys coming off the bench that are gonna, you know, boost up production as well. So that's gonna be very fun. And then Abe Christensen transferred to Idaho from North Carolina State. Yeah. Then he what transferred as a D lineman, then was on the O line last year, has moved back to the D line this year. Where's he been fitting in in the rotation so far? So the first week of practice, he looked really solid. Another guy, big body inside run defender. Um, looks like he kind of may have nicked something up with his hands. Uh, they they're Idaho's backup kicker. I can't think of what his name is right now, but he he missed a field goal and they had to do twenty push ups, and he ended up doing sit ups. So he he hadn't been practicing with the team for like team drills the last two practices, I want to say. But from what I have seen from him, um, that's it's, it's a natural transition. I mean, he hasn't been playing D tackle since he was in high school, but hasn't looked like he lost a step from what I have seen. And just because I know you don't want to miss this, you're of course saying backup kicker Cameron Pope. Cameron Pope, yeah. Cameron yeah, Pope, okay. Yeah. So got to hit the comment section really quick before we transition to our next group. One comment that I keep putting up is hashtag right track with Trevin Pixley. That's what this segment's called for now and forever. Yeah. Uh, we've got Andrew Whipple saying 330, talking about Jakari Larman. Big but needs some quick lateral movement. Dan Cat 58 says, tell us about the ball hawks in the secondary. I want to see our takeaway numbers keep going up. I don't know if that's possible to leave the league and have it keep going up, but we're going to get there in a second. Um, And we got Martin adding been to practice talking about Larman. He can move. Won't be a worry. Uh, Andrew Whipple, then hopefully some depth on the line so we can rotate some fresh bodies. Uh, Let's hit what captain. Well, sorry. We'll get to captain 58 section in a second, but I just want to, to close the D line in comparison with the O line because D line matches up with O line. um, You'd say you'd probably say D line looks like it's coming together faster than the O line right now based yeah. off the tone of what you brought up, which is not shocking. Last season we saw in the spring defense looked like they came together a lot faster than the offense. That's just how some of this stuff works. Um, you, in terms of potentially being disruptive as a D line, uh, how do you feel like you can, you have a gauge yet at all on how Idaho could be, or do you see, do you see potential? Do you see like, no, this, this group's going to be okay. They're not going to be relative strength, but they're not going to be a weakness. How do you understand the D line so far? I think as a whole front seven, Idaho is going to be pretty solid because I really like the linebackers. I'm excited to talk about that. But um, I would say as a run defense, they're going to be just as good, if not better. I think they can still be top three in the big sky sack numbers. I wouldn't be surprised if, Idaho sack leader again had probably five sacks, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy. Probably about the same production that you saw last year. 
but I mean, like I said, there's there's going to be a lot more um, fresh bodies and a lot more people that I think they're going to be willing to rotate in from last year. So I mean, maybe with the fresh the freshness and the fresh legs, there'll be more sack numbers. But I, again, I wouldn't be surprised if the numbers were about similar. Okay, so to stay just thematically the front seven, then linebackers, of course, the second grouping. Paul Moala has moved to inside linebacker position for Vive have I had last season. Trey Thomas for transfer from South Dakota, who pre- had played with Orich back when Orich was the special teams coordinator at South Dakota previously. He is he's sliding into Paul Moala's spot on the outside, correct? Uh, mo- yeah. those two essentially have been working are look like starters for sure. Oh yeah, that, that that's kind of locked in. But I mean, uh, I want to I want to talk about uh, you know, and obviously some Vandal fans will get uh, some PTSD about a coach's son uh, being on the roster. But but uh, it's a different position. It's a different uh, it's a different situation. But Jackson Eck, man, he is he's strong. He's jacked, and he looks the part. Like he he is a good linebacker he may not be a starter right away but i mean he he should get some snaps this year and he's 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 one of the biggest standouts for me in camp so far see that's what james said last week and i don't think there's actually going to be any ptsd because yeah. I didn't one so. yeah. um i gotta give a shout out to the hashtag only tubs uh patreon group patreon.com backslash tubs the club for uh christening the uh, former quarterback you're referencing as Gloves, a.k.a. Mason Petrino, just calling him Gloves from now on. Okay. Look, we all know why that stood out. We all know why that was weird. But it's, it's not weird at all for coaches' sons to make rosters. Like, you know, Jeff Choate's son played under Jeff Choate at Montana State. He's, I think he might be graduating now, but he was still finishing his time out there. He wasn't a starter, but he made the roster. We all know about Robbie Houck at yeah. Uh, University of Montana, and though he was catastrophically overrated, he he started because he should have started. Um, I don't think anyone's going to be concerned about Jackson, especially with what we've been told, which is, look, athletically, he looks like he belongs, and that's as a true freshman uh, yeah. production-wise. Relative to what you can see in the spring, he looks like he belongs. So I think most fans are going to say, look, if the dude belongs, let him play. The whole reason people moaned about gloves was because he didn't belong. But if the if Jackson Eck looks like he's he deserves to play, I hope we get to see him. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited for his development um, overall, and sticking with the linebackers, my my hot take, my bold take that I will give out here at uh, Tubbs at the club is that uh, Paul Muwala will win Big Sky Defensive Player of the Year. That guy is playing at a different level. He's focused, like he looks good. He looks better than Favai Favai did all of last year. And I mean, he won. He won newcomer of the year last year, right? That's that's the award he won, I believe. And he was second team All Big Sky. So I mean, and he's just gonna get better. And I mean, looking at Favai's pro day, I mean, I think Paul. I can't wait to see his pro day, and I think he'll he'll be on a roster. He's he's playing really well right now. You know, our crack research team in the background can can double check and make sure about Muala as a defensive newcomer of the year, but you're definitely right. Second team, all big sky. Um, also in that inside shifting that inside position, he's, he's going to pick up some more tackles. Uh, so like the stat line is going to be, you know, sexier, the kind of numbers you probably need to be in discussion for big sky player of the year. Um, 
also just just one something you know we we've been told is that uh, look, Favaya is a good player, but one of the difficulties sometimes that happened last season for Idaho when you saw those lapses, it was things like not st- sticking to assignments, freelancing when they shouldn't have. And you can expect this crew to probably do that a little bit less this season, this personnel to likely, that's likely going to be an issue a little bit less, which sounds promising to me. So um, I know heading into spring, man, linebackers, one of the things I was least concerned about because I knew Moala was good. And then Trey Thomas produced in at a in the Missouri Valley Conference. At a, you know, South Dakota's not great, but they're not terrible in the Missouri Valley. So dude who already produced at this level in, you know, either the best or second best conference, you knew he was going to slide right in there. Uh, you'd also said, and observations we got from Martin too, Matthias Bertram, now he's a safety, but he comes down as strong safety and runs support a decent amount. He's looking fine in that role. Yeah, he, picking up where he left off last year. I mean, he he won a he got a battle axe award already during practice, but you know he and I don't I don't want this to sound dismissive, but I mean he hasn't done anything to like blow me away per se. But that's that's not to say that he's not doing his job. You know what I mean? Like he's picking up where he left off last year. Okay, so he is kind of like the O line. He looks fine. Yeah, well, not, that's a different find. Yeah, you got to yeah. read troops finds. You got to yeah. read my finds. Yeah, <laughs> you got. <laughs> Okay, well, pull, if look, if we misinterpret that, that's your job to pull us back onto the hashtag right track. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, secondary man, take the wheel here. Um, that's okay. That's another position group where some strength is coming back. Guys like Marcus Harris, guys like Tommy McCormick for sure. But Idaho certainly needs at least one more cornerback to perform at a level level higher than Salam did last year. If Idaho is, is going to try to make that step up where they start beating some of the playoff teams. And uh, obviously the, we're going to have some spots in safety that are open. Uh, take the wheel, dude. What have you seen? Um, You know, I, I like Armani Arnold. I think he he's, he's playing that role. And I think that was kind of, is that, that role was, the other cornerback? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I know you said safety, but I was just gonna dive into cool. other secondary. But you know, I I know that that was kind of that was before the spring even started. Jason, I kind of said like this. You know, he kind of would like to see him kind of take that role, and he's taking it. and He's running with it. I mean, he's that hasn't really been a surprise. He's doing kind of what he needs to do. As far as the other safety position, you know, with Matthias coming down, you know, playing kind of in the box. And with Tommy McCormick, I mean, the other parts of the secondary is kind of like the offensive line, right? It, it's it's probably one of the weaker position groups, or at least that one spot that they need to fill um, right now for the Vandals. Yes, we were told that freshman transfer from Northern Arizona, Dwayne McDougal, has been yeah. seeing time both at safety and at corner as well. Mm-hmm. And uh name that's that's familiar from last season certainly had some moments. We wouldn't call him like all league safety, but Mervyn Kenyon the third certainly had some moments last season where you know he looked the part of a contributor. He'll he'll of course be back. But are there other than some of the mainstays that we've that I referenced and how you can talk about some, some of the, the freshmen or guy guys who played more backups last season in the secondary, are there any guys who you've seen who you think, hey, if there's going to be a contributor emerge that Idaho needs, it's going to be this guy? 
See, I think not because that's that's kind of the problem, right? That's kind of the problem with the position group is that there's not really a guy right now that's emerging. I do think Mervin Kenyon has looked the part, though. Like you, like you reference, I think he's looking good. I think he'll have a chance to get some playing time, but nobody else outside of the people that you named are really sticking out as being, you know, those guys. But it's another like we referenced a million times already. It's a loaded freshman class, so we haven't seen all these freshmen quite yet. Okay, so in your uh, tiers of fine, yeah, are the uh, miss, missing spot or the, the spots that need to emerge in the secondary. Are they fine like the O-line? Are they fine like the D-line? Or are they fine like the running backs? Oh, man. They're they're fine like the running backs. Actually. Okay. Just no one's no one's yeah. standing out above. Okay. Yeah. Way to break that down, Brian. You understand. You, you get trade like no one else. Well, it's because, look, it is important to me. I'm going to beat this dead horse all, <laughs> all night. It's yeah. important for me that we stay on the right track here. Yeah. And so I pay attention. I read. You know they they called me the right track guide, but I think you I think you're actually the right track guide here. <laughs> All right, dude. So okay, we've hit most of the main position groups. Yeah. Um. So any just okay. So now just you can take wheel if you want to, but I guess the question I've got that I want to transcend the position groups for a second because look, we talk about this in position groups because that's part of how we pay attention to it. But look, it's a it's a complete team. Uh, one of the things that we that people connect to with individual teams isn't just position groups, how they produce, but it's like the character or personality that comes across of a team through how they play. Yeah. Does the uh, so last season the the, per, the main personality trait I would have given to Idaho football last year was fun. Yeah. Uh, what do you see any change in that? As in, is it moving in a different direction? Does it still look fun in the same way? You know, it can be hard to be fun in the same way that a first, you know, complete changeover is like last year was. But like personality-wise, what what are you seeing from this team? Who who would what would you describe Idaho football as right now? It has taken a, it has shifted a little bit. So last year was fun. I would say this year is still fun, but it's more focused. Like these guys know what they want and they know what they can do. So they, you know, they know that they they beat the bad teams last year. They lost to the good teams. They didn't win a playoff game. This year they want to show that they do have the talent, they have the potential, and that they want to make a deep run into the playoffs, win the conference, and and they're focused on that goal. It's it's more of a focus group this year, I would say. So a little um Business in front, party in the back. Yeah, there you go. A little bit of a mullet going on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so okay. So last year's personality was the visor. This is now the visor on top of the mullet. I got yes, you. Sir. Yes, okay. Captain fifty eight in the comment section asking about specialists. Actually, that relevant thing to go over. Uh, look, Ricardo Chavez had a kind of a mixed first year in that. Now he's going to be a senior. Started out the year absolutely red hot. Um, looked a little bit shaken. After his first miss, I was at his first miss against Montana. Um, wasn't terrible after the miss, but he wasn't quite the same guy the second half of the season that he was the first half of the season. Any any observations you have from the specialists? Um, I, I do. Before I talk about Chavez, too, I, w- I was wanting to hit this also. The, uh, the nicest guy on Idaho's football team is Hogan Hatton. The long, long snapper. snapper. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, every time he sees me on the sidelines, 
he daps me up and asks me how I'm doing and has like a five-minute conversation with me. Super nice guy. Shouts out to Hogan Hatton. But uh, Ricardo Chavez, he's looking like – I don't want to say where he left off because we obviously know where he left off. But he's he's looking good. I mean, he's got another year under his belt. And, um, you know, they had another situation where if he missed a field goal, they would have to run, you know, three 100-yard sprints. He nailed it. And, I mean, a lot of what practice is for those kickers and punters is that they, they, they walk the sidelines a lot. So you don't really – see a whole lot of what they do. So nah, I don't really have a huge gauge on the, on the specialists so far. Okay. And look, what you said about uh, Hogan completely matches if you've met much of the Hatton family. I, I did real, a, real nice dudes. I did a feature story on, on both of them, and, and it was like the longest interview I ever did, and it was like I was just having a conversation with the guys. Super, super nice fellas. Okay. Yeah. All right, dude. Well, that – We've hit a ton of football. Uh, before we get, we uh, bring up Hughes River, maybe touch some basketball and hit that special segment that we have not talked to you about. Any other football stuff you want to cover? We're 45 minutes in. Let's see. I'll dive into my notes. I'll make sure that I hit all the people that I thought were really solid. Yeah, you know. Thing. I think we're good. I think we're good for current day football, right? Okay. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna maybe call that football. I don't want our live viewers to go, but uh, before we talk about anything else, Martin, gotta give a quick shout out to our guys at Hughes River Expedition. If you're looking for a great all inclusive week long vacation, don't look past your backyard. Venture into the largest protected wilderness in the continental U.S., located right here in the great state of Idaho. Enjoy a multi day trip down. Middle Fork of the Salmon, the Main Salmon River, No Return, the Salmon River Canyons, or the Selway, and you can even check out special trips like the one to see the Purset Meteor Shower. Camp on pristine beaches, run amazing whitewater, hike scenic trails, spot wildlife, soak in beautiful natural hot springs, take in the history along the river, and fish some of the most remote stretches of river in the country. You just bring your clothes, let HRE handle the rest. Hughes River Expedition has been Vandal-owned and operated since 1976 and ready to take you on the vacation of a lifetime. What are you waiting for? Find out what it's like to grab a paddle, catch dinner, and ride the bull all throughout the Gem State. Call them now at 800-262-1882 or check them out at HughesRiver.com. You can do that as a large group, guys. You can do it as just you and a family member. Just give Colin a call. He'll get you taken care of. So quick basketball update, Trevin. Uh, and actually, for Tubbs listeners, hey, we got an answer from the from the university. They're not going to let Pribble on the show, at least until the end of this academic semester. So we'll see what happens then. Whatever. Um, we do have some basketball news. Uh, another transfer out of the program this week, Nigel Burris. And thank you, Martin, for that hashtag golden veggies uh, Chiron, whatever, what, scroller, whatever. Trevin, you know what? You're in news. You know what the hell that's called? That thing at the bottom of the screen that's scrolling that says golden veggies. What is that called? It's a little scrolling lower third, isn't it? It's a little lower third that scrolls. Okay. So we <laughs> see Martin's got the golden veggies uh, scroll, whatever the hell it's called. Um, ticker. Thank you. Tubbs the club. That's Martin. The ticker scrolling. Thank you. Ticker, yeah. But yeah, glad that between the two of us, Trevin, we could not put that together. Thank you, Martin. I, I'm Let's newspaper, go. not new news station. News. You see, they see me on camera. I can't be on the news. That's why I'm. Fine the I give you a kind. I give you a kind of pass on that. <laughs> anyway, we got the golden veggies ticker. Nigel Burris, he was freshman of the year in the Big Sky. 
Uh, he's transferred. Don't know where he's going yet. Obviously, we're at, we were happy for the year Burris had. Uh, that that's the third total transfer out of Idaho. Second scholarship player to transfer the the dearly departed list includes Yusuf Solly scholarship, Tyler Halligan walk on, and now Nigel Burris scholarship as well. Of the three declared guys, Burris easily is the best candidate to land at another D one school and get some minutes. Um, I guess Trevin reaction to hearing Nigel Burris is not going to be along for uh, the ride of year one with Alex Pribble. I mean, I, I kind of, when Pribble got the job, I kind of assumed that there was going to be a lot of turnover. I mean, it, it sucks to see that Nigel Burris is going out the door. Cause I mean, he was one of the, I'd say three or four, you know, things that kind of directed the Idaho basketball team on the right track. But, um, <laughs> You know, I would I would say uh, not too surprising, but I think Pribble's going to have to kind of build that program from the ground up, and I think he knew that coming in. So I'm going to see. I'm interested to see how he does it. Yeah, I I'm with you. He's one of the few guys that you'd say, hey, I'd be fine with a guy like Nigel Burris as part of the core. I think with a competent coach last year, Burris averages 12 or 13. Yeah, but um, you know, we, we're going to miss his shooting. Um, I do know, look, Pribble talked about the team needs to be stronger defensively. He wants them to be disruptive defensively. I don't think there's a single guy on Idaho's roster that you'd say last season looks like a disruptive defender when you're the worst defensive team in the league. Now, if there was, uh, again, throwing that competent coach corollary, uh, maybe those guys look different for sure. Uh, but look, there's reason to be to wish that Nigel Burris had stayed for sure. He easily could have been a solid contributor on a good big sky team. Uh, but Hey, we wish him well. Glad he was here while he was. That means that Pribble now has five scholarships left uh, to give out to well be his own guys. We, he's already signed one guy, EJ Neal from community college of San Francisco. Uh, EJ Neal fits the mold. Pribble essentially talked about his press conference of guys that can shoot threes and become disruptive defenders. Uh, still going to be a question about who, if Idaho is going to get some sh a shot creating guard, because the team doesn't really have that on the roster right now. Now they haven't lost that in anyone who transferred away, but that's a, you can expect a hey, shot creator at some point will probably added. Um, we don't have news to break or anything on Isaac Jones, but I got to tell you with how Tim Marion from his private account is essentially uh, trying to, Looks like he is trying to do advertising for former Idaho players like Isaac Jones and Jeremy Harden. I think it's safe to say it's trending down <clears throat> that Isaac Jones would stay in Moscow. And uh, to me, if Jones doesn't stay in Moscow, I'd be floored if Jeremy Harden does. Yeah. You know, and shot creating guard, hopefully, uh, you know, Case Why Not finds his way on the roster. That's not a true advertisement. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well, that'd be for next for <laughs> yeah, next year's signing I, class. Because yeah. Well. Also, hey, why not? Has the offer now? So, uh, which we all knew that was a brain dead thing that should have happened, but it was a brain dead thing that if look you bring a dude back for his lame duck year, then recruiting is going to be taking a step back. So, uh, Pribble's got to again. He has about half a roster he has to fill out, or if slash when Isaac Jones leave, that number goes to six more guys. Uh, yeah. to fill out scholarship wise on the roster. Um, look, I mean, the glass half full of glass empty here, Trevin is Idaho finished in last place in the league last year. And the big sky, I don't think that last year was a strong big sky year. So is there anyone completely irreplaceable from the last place team? 
Obviously not, even though there were a couple nice pieces. Uh, so, you know, glass half full now is you'd think a lot of coaches might say, Hey, if our team was last place last year, I'd kind of just like to be able to gamble with mm -hmm. new guys coming in and Pribble's got six more shots uh, right now. Well, I'm sorry, five more shots right now to land any, any more guys who fit his, you know, who fit the system he's going to want to have in there. We already know he's hitting the ground running because he was recruiting at Seattle U. So it's not like he had to start over with D one recruiting. Yeah. And he's got a lot of time too. I mean, he came in, practically right when the season ended. I mean, that was a quick yeah. hire. So now you different from us because yeah. you're allowed to, you have, you've talked to Pribble, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I saw photographic evidence on your Facebook. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. I'm asking. So yeah. like, what's your impression of talking with Alex Pribble? He's a super nice guy. I mean, he, um, he's a basketball guy, right? I mean, he's, he cares a lot about basketball, but he's also, a real personable guy like right when he he met me he shook my hand he asked me questions about my background and like you know where i worked you know i had i had a fishing hat from white bird he asked if i lived in white bird you know he's he's asking like all these questions like he was trying to recruit me to play for the vandals which to be fair you know if i played for the vandals last year i might have got some minutes but you know i he was he was trying to recruit me a little bit but you know we just sat down had an interview he he seems like he knows how to talk to some guys and you know really recruit he's a personable guy and i'm, I'm excited to see uh where he goes and how he's gonna put uh the vandals on the right track I'm so glad you brought that in because I was I was sitting on the right track reference and you didn't. Hit that. <laughs> okay, well, look, Trevin, that I mean that so that's the basketball news, guys. Uh, Burris gone, no news on anyone else. But uh, again, uh, Tim Tim Marion is quite obviously doing essentially recruitment work uh, to try to get eyes on Isaac Jones and Jeremy Harden right now. So to me, the the uh, tea leaf reading I have there is that is not promising for either of those dudes staying. Um, which means there's two other coaching positions that still have to be announced, the number two and the associate head coach. Uh, we, I mean, based off talking with Colton McCree, um, those, at least the associate head coach is not yet down. Uh, we know Matthew Jones is coming with Alex Pribble from Seattle U. He'd be the number three assistant. So Pribble probably looking to add some more experience on the bench. We'll update you guys as we can. Last segment we got to get to, Trevin, before we consider calling it a night. Mm -hmm. We got to get to, to the reversal, which is anytime we have first-time guests on, they get a chance. And Martin, we're going to yank you into this too, or you're going to yank yourself into this. Hashtag uh, producing seducing. You get to ask us, Trevin, any, any question. It can be sports-related. It can be vandal-related. It can have nothing to do with the show. You can ask me to talk about whiskey for the next hour or whatever. Uh, this is your chance to ask the Tubs of the Club, Tubs of the Club crew, whatever you want. Yeah. Me asking you if I could vape during the show doesn't count before the podcast started. No, that does not. But that was a very <laughs> look. Well, hey, we just got hey, we got to pull the curtain back. Uh, Trevin asked about that, but like he produced a, a negative test beforehand, so he was okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, when did so you guys are both uh, you guys are both UI graduates, right? Both of you. So, uh, what what year did you guys both graduate? Uh, spring of 2017 for me. Well, your part. When did you graduate? So, I Martin is. You might accuse Tubbs of having groomed Martin uh, based off my <laughs> age in a second. Uh, so, I finished my bachelor's degree in 2010, 
in, and I finished my master's degree, both from University of Idaho in 2013. Okay, so who was Idaho's quarterback in 2010? That would have been Nate... Brian Reeder or Nathan Enderley? That would have been Enderley for the 2010 team because the 29 team is the one that made the Humanitarian Bowl, and then the 2010 team was the one that finished, I think, 5-7. and 2010. So compare 2010 Nathan Enderley to 2015 or no it would have been 2017 2017 Colton Richardson now you're referring to Colton 2017 would have been his redshirt year correct yeah his first Colton, Colton first played game. like two games that year yeah sorry but that was pre sorry that was the that should have been his redshirt year yeah or the the goal yeah. was for that to be his redshirt year that was your Matt Linehan went down and yeah, then when he got yep. his, he got his first W, right? Their last his, FBS game. Yeah, yeah. So now you're saying Ender compare Enderly to yeah. Colton Richardson, okay? Um, well, the five win, the five win Enderly. Five win Enderly. Um, I mean, well, look, I mean, Enderly was drafted uh, in I think third or fourth round. Now he ne- didn't have an NFL career. Uh, Martin Martin correcting me saying it's the fifth round. My bad. Thank. That's why we have a crack research team. Um. So look, a fifth round draft pick. Now that was out of the whack, not out of the big sky, of course. Um, so look, certainly athleticism. You would give it to Nathan Enderley. Uh, I don't Colton think. Uh, look, Colton can move relative to being an offensive lineman with an <laughs> arm, and I don't mean that as a put down. Like the guy was just bigger, He's and he, <laughs> yeah, Colton Richardson absolutely did have an arm. Um, you know, look, Colton's a guy who I think if Paul Petrino's not the coach, he has a different career. And he, look, he certainly had injury issues. He certainly had his own conditioning issues that limited, uh, and look, and then academic issues eventually that limited Colton Richardson from being the guy that everyone wanted him to become. But there was talent there. Like that was not a mistaken recruitment. Colton Richardson absolutely had an arm, but a, a dude who makes the NFL, even at the whack at that time, that's uh, a, a different level yeah. of talent you're talking about. I was kind of hoping when you when you said the year you graduated, it wasn't going to be an Enderly or a Lenahan or a, you know, to compare. I, I just wanted to bring up my my dog Colt Richardson. That was my uh, that was my high school quarterback. Uh, graduated with him, so you know I had to give a, a shout out to my boy Colt Richardson. Yeah, well, man, I taught in Lewiston while um, while Colton Richardson played high school over there. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I taught middle school Sacage Wheel. Like you, you guys can see in the camera, I've got I've got a lot of salt going on up here. Yeah, he uh, he was the best high school quarterback, and I'm not even saying that because I was on the team. But I mean, I've covered high school football since I got out of high school. He's the best high school quarterback I'd ever seen. Kid had a cannon; it was ridiculous. Well, that's why to me he's a he's a, a big time what if. Like if he comes to Idaho, and there's not the Mason Petrino thing going on, and Paul Petrino's not there, or Paul Petrino is not the version he was with his son on the team. Uh, how does that change? May, how does that change Colton's career? I think probably a decent amount. Now Colton, because Colton honestly looked like he regressed from year one to year three, because you know in his third year, that was you know Mason's second year as a starter in the Central Washington game. Like Colton just looked like his confidence was shattered by that third year, 
And he didn't look like he could access the talent that we had that made a lot of us think, hey, Colton Richardson's a guy who could be a solid big starting quarterback in the big sky. But the ta- you're right, man. The talent was there. And, yeah. you know, some of those, like, he had a couple of rumbling rushes. Uh, like, again, that's and again, what I'm saying. Underrated runner. <laughs> yeah. Well, and dude, against Idaho State, now Idaho got killed that game in 2018 against Idaho State. But in the games when Colton Richardson had un- uninterrupted run, he looked the part. Yeah. Um, okay. Let me ask you this then. Give me your biggest what if in Idaho football history and give me your most underrated uh, quarterback in Idaho football history. Martin, I'm going to defer to you on the underrated quarterback um, in Idaho history. Cause well, just because yeah. Idaho's had a lot of not good teams in the last handful of years, some of the better quarterbacks, like if you pay attention to like the online vandal world, like you're, you're aware of who the, who the big names are. Like, I, as big as what if yeah, for quarterback or just no, biggest, big like one, said biggest, biggest what if in general. And uh, I think for me, I, I Chad challenge. I think it's kind of the biggest what if for me, but that's like, I wasn't my younger years as a Vandal fan. I was in the band, so I wasn't too focused on football that much, but it's kind of like one that always, I always like to think about every now and then. So I mean, I essentially have two what ifs, uh, like an FCS era and an FBS era. Um, The, the FBS era brain dead. What if is what if Matt Linehan doesn't get hurt? Ooh, yeah. Like how does that's how does that like does that change the trajectory of Idaho sports at all? If Idaho hits uh, you know hits a bowl game twice in a row, is there any world where uh, out of nowhere like you know MAC conference invite or something like that uh, comes for Idaho? Because I bet even with Chuck's statement at the time, I bet if there was if there was a conference invite, Idaho would have taken it. Um, the FCS era, which I, I, I just bring that because we're we're. We've been open on this show, Trevor, and we're not, we don't care to relitigate the FCS FBS thing for the 15,000th time. Idaho's in the FCS. We'll talk about FCS while we're here. And when things change, then what we talk about is going to change. Um, FCS era, look, we're living it, man. What if Joel Thomas was given that, accepted that offer? What if the Steelers hadn't come in with their late minute godfather offer to keep Joel Thomas in, in Pittsburgh? I'm the happy. Uh, my bad. The Saints, my bad. The Saints. Thank you for that correction, dude. Um, which means New Orleans, not Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm happy we're living what we're living, Trevin, because I think Jason Eck is the right guy. Lots of athletic directors land on the right guy after the person they thought was the right guy says no, like Montana State's kicking ass with Brent Vegan. He was the number five offer after Jeff Choate left. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, how how different does Idaho football look with Joel Thomas? I, I think, honestly, I think Idaho lucked out with Joel Thomas saying no because it let Idaho maintain good relations with a, you know, a, a key or a, you know, a very well-known alum. And then Jason Eck comes in and kicks ass. But like that, that's a real thing that we're living through right now is because, because Thomas said, no, we got Eck. I'm happy we have Eck. Okay. I want to go with one more question. I don't want to keep you boys too long, but I'll, uh, do you think anybody from this year that's graduating will be on an NFL roster next year? And do you think anybody from this upcoming uh, senior class 
uh, that's going to graduate this next year will either be on an NFL roster or get drafted. I I think like one or two would be – I think the only people that like have a realistic shot probably are Favai Favai or Falunico, but I feel like Roe, Sean Johnson might be a sneaky kind of practice squad guy at sub for a team. So I'm going to interpret that question as though you're asking about the guys who are playing this season. Uh, that, that's what that's what you're getting at, right, Trevin? Trevin has frozen in the background, so I'm just going to say yes. Trevin's asking about guys this season. Um, I think the brain dead one to look at on the current roster is Hayden Hatton as a potential guy to land uh, on an NFL roster or maybe get drafted at some point. But uh, you know the the other name that Trevin already brought up is Paul Moala, who you know he had the pedigree to make to land on Notre Dame initially and play. Uh, so you know there's some talent there. You know there's a reason. You know it's it's blowing both Achilles is why Moala's here, but looked good last year. If he's st- and if he's still if he's still looking good. Uh, then yeah, I think Moala certainly will get looks as well. But to me, like the brain dead one is Hayden Hatton. Um, I'm, that's that's kind of why I brought it up. I think Hayden Hatton has a has a legitimate NFL shot. I'm excited to see where he goes. Yeah, well, I think it's interesting that um, you know what behind the scenes. I'm extrapolating right now. Look, the sales job Jason X, Jason X probably gave to Hayden Hatton about staying because you know, look, Hayden Hatton did not enter enter the portal. But as you guys, everyone listeners know, the high profile guys they don't enter the portal until they know where they're going anyway, which means they're getting recruited prior to entering the portal. You know, Hayden Hatton had P five offers and he chose to stay at Idaho, so you, you got to expect the sales job was, for Hayden Hatton was. Hey, we're going to do our best impression of Cooper cup with you. You know, make you the face of the team. You're going to keep getting the, the kind of reps that you get that you got last season where you're setting records at Idaho. If you go to a place like let's say Arizona state or Washington state, you're not guaranteed to get those reps, but you stay at Idaho. You're going to get those reps and stay in the relative spotlight. We can get you easier. So uh, obviously whatever the sales job was, it worked. And he's putting up number. He's he's earning numbers because he's damn good and catches everything. So you've got to expect also with how a guy like Cooper Cup, who you know Cooper Cup's not in the NFL because he ran a four three forty, he catches everything and he's got enough athleticism and enough size to make it work. Uh, you could understand teams taking a second look at Hayden Hatton and thinking, hey, maybe we can find another undervalued guy because he's playing at Idaho. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for his. Uh his NFL uh, track. But yeah, I think that's all I got, boys. I appreciate yeah. you answering. Give me a little bit of a history lesson too. I appreciate that. Yeah. And I like that you just called me old without calling me old. So thank you. Uh, glad, glad you could, could bring that. As hey, well. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> so, yeah. So, all right guys, uh, and that's the show. Uh, I want to thank Trevin for coming on and uh, pulling us on to the hashtag right track. Trevin, tell everyone where to find you when you're not on tubs at the club. Yeah, well, I'm not here. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Trib Talks. And, uh, yeah, you can follow the Lewis and Tribune Sports if you want at Lou underscore Trib Sports. Okay. And with that, man, 
we're going to call it a night. Trevin, thanks for coming on. Uh, Martin, thank you for the, those big fact checks you came up with. Uh, for example, making sure I remember that these Saints are not the Steelers. That's a big one for me. And uh, reminding me about that fifth round, Nathan Enderley. But guys, we plan on coming on next week. Uh, what we'll do for our spring update is officially at the TBD. Uh, Dallas will at some point rejoin Tubbs of the club. I do not know when. But uh, I do know that because he canceled today, he was planning on being on today. So Dallas will, re- will come back on at some point. But anyways, dudes, thanks for thanks for coming. Uh, always remember to support the show at patreon.com backslash tubs at the club. And uh, until that next time, dudes, go Vandals. This is producer Brian doing a terrible job of even finding what we're going to play us out with. So I'm just going... We're just going to call it good. See you guys Tuesday.